0: Alright, value listeners, my name is Casey Williams, and today we are going to be speaking to a student entrepreneur here at Wake Forest University named Ethan Haber. Ethan has been sewing and selling and commissioning stuffed animals for years and just recently fully launched his company, Happy Habitats, which sells new and improved carriers and small exercise balls for your smaller pets. He was also a part of the 2020 Startup Lab cohort here at Wake, and one of the first people I met when I first came to this university. He is a spunky guy, and he is a senior like myself, and he loves gaming and is always finding new things to learn. I want to ask you mainly the first question. I want to ask how you all got started. So. Basically, please share your entrepreneurial journey with me. When did it begin? And how did you end up where you are today? But sort of including both of, because I want to hear about both your stuffed animals and your happy habitats.
1: All right. Yeah. So I guess we'll just start chronologically then. Growing up, I was always kind of a schemy, not get rich quick guy, but I was always looking to make money uh, when i was 14 i got a work card so i could like get a job and i i never actually got the job but i went out of the way to get the card which i mean who's gonna hire a 14 year old but <laughs> uh i've been making stuffed animals since i was 12 and uh i started making my own patterns and creations and contraptions when i was 14 and uh i started selling them in high school to make money for video game stuff, because I'm a big nerd. Uh, I got one here. He's a weighted stuffed animal. Aww. He gives and you hugs. He's, ex- he's a good guy.
0: Explain for the audio what that one looks like.
1: It's, uh, it's a green platypus. He's, uh, <laughs> he's long. He's probably about five or six pounds. He's got a little tuft of hair on his face, and he's just generically cute.
0: <laughs> he is very cute okay so you started with a business card
1: uh it, it it wasn't a i'm sorry it wasn't a business card it oh. was like a work it allowed it allowed you to work below the age of 16. oh like, oh you
0: know, oh like a permit
1: yeah i got one of those and uh i didn't get my first job until i was 15 i caddied but i was always interested in uh working hard and making money and then happy i started uh selling custom stuffed animals for substantial amounts of money because it's a custom creation and it's like a piece of art it's not like a stuffed animal you buy in a toy store and now i buy i make them for celebrities and influencers if you know the show rick and morty yeah uh, the co-creator justin, justin Royland. he has a vr game studio called squanch games
0: oh my god if you
1: go to their instagram my stuffed animals are all over i've made them like 70 plus
0: oh my god i did not know that that is so cool yeah holy
1: crap so i've been doing stuff to animal stuff for a while but happy habitat started when i got a quotation emotional support unquotation uh hamster right my sophomore year i had a pet hamster on on campus and uh i was he he was in his little ball and i was Running back and forth, and he was rolling around on the upper quad, and I was just following him in circles. And I was, and I saw some girl walk her dog.
0: Get out, get out. Continue, please.
1: Uh, that's alright. Uh, I saw some girl walking her dog, and I thought, "Gee, wouldn't it be? I wish I could walk my hamster like she walks her dog." And then it turned into, "Why can't I walk my hamster like she walks her dog?" And uh, one thing led to another. And after doing a bunch of research and uh, getting uh, complaints from, and customer discovery from, like, fellow people, peers who have these small pets, we discovered that there were a lot of issues with the current products on the market. And uh, since then, we've developed a uh, much pool of products we're working with, two and we hope to be on shelves for the next holiday season we're not going to make this one in time
0: wow okay okay so i want to get into a little bit more of happy habitats because i know you started that at wake in startup lab so um i kind of want to hear what it was like to do kind of start that business in a startup accelerator Just like, can you tell me a little bit of how that went and like why you totally like, because I know you have to apply for Startup Lab. So tell me like why you really thought like you believed in your business and how it was in Startup Lab.
1: So it actually gained traction a semester before Startup Lab, but I didn't incorporate until I started the, I joined the accelerator. We were working on it, not off the books, but like we were just, weren't at the point where, you uh, formally formed the company. We, uh, it, the actual work of uh, concept development and uh, research and troubleshooting and uh, problem-solving, all that uh, happened before Startup Lab. And then I joined Startup Lab, and it was kind of just like, uh, it kind of groomed me. Like, you see the guy with, like, his young pupil, and, like, he grooms him and tells him what to say. Like, Startup yeah. Lab kind of combed my hair and shined my shoes and got me ready for the entrepreneurial world. It was, and they also provided seed money, which was really nice.
0: Oh, yeah. And how much, so did you, what did you do with that money? Like, since you had already started it, what did you use it for?
1: I think we used it for um, the law, our, our lawyer. We used it to, to pay for the provisional patent application. And the provision, that, so a provisional patent application is an application you apply for to get a year to make your patent, okay. and then you, when you when you're doing that, no one can touch your, i like anything within the confines of your idea, and then after that, you can file a patent which covers anything that's uh, unique about your product that makes it better than what's currently available, mm-hmm. and then you have protection on that for up to twenty years.
0: And so because you're like a big thing of like your products is that like because they don't hurt the animals, right? Because like other products hurt the animals.
1: So the current uh, products that are on the market specifically, we're going to talk about the small pet exercise ball Mm -hmm. for frame of reference. I'll just call it a hamster ball, though, because that's probably what you know it as. If you ever saw like little Bill growing up, you had that little hamster rolling around in the ball. Yeah. Uh, Those balls don't have very they don't have good ventilation. And the holes are large enough that the animal can get a nail or even, like, a toe or a foot stuck in the hole. And then since it's rolling, like, it can break its foot. It can chip a nail and bleed out. Like, the the fact that the heat doesn't disperse and it can harm itself, make it an inferior uh, alternative to what we are creating.
0: Yeah. So, like, you're kind of saving animals' lives, like, low-key.
1: <laughs> I mean, not. Yeah. I'm definitely not a hero. I, I mean, I'm, I, I want, I, I, remember wanting to give my hamster his best hamster life.
0: Yeah. But
1: this, this is definitely not completely out of I can tell you that much.
0: Well, on a journey to becoming a hero. How about that? Something like that.
2: <laughs> I mean, uh, sure. <laughs> okay.
0: okay. So. I want to move into asking you a little bit more about your virtues and values while being a student entrepreneur and with Happy Habitats and your um, stuffed animal business. So I want to ask you, how do you know your value and how do you know what your values are like within the company? And then like, how do you keep them up?
1: When you say value, do you mean like how much it's worth versus my values or like what I believe? No, no. in your
0: heart, dude. In your heart. How do you know your value and then how do you know like the values of your company that you keep for you? Not money. This is like what you feel.
1: (laughs) Okay, yeah. So my dad uh, is an entrepreneur Mm -hmm. and he is kind of where I got my start. He taught me most of what I know from just growing up with him and also, of course, asking him for direction. Yeah. I think the most important value that I have, I'm not going to say honesty because, like, you know, that's just like a that's a cliche. I mean, I'm definitely honest to a point, but that's more because I don't have a filter than out of any niceness.
0: (laughs) Moral responsibility.
1: Yeah, I think the most important thing is sticking to your word and following your gut. Uh, I'll give you a perfect example: Uh, me and my uh, me and my peers at happy habitats are going to attend super zoo it's one of the biggest international pet conventions and it's in August and these hotel guys are were scalping me to get lower prices they kept undercutting the other guy and one person uh, said this I'm gonna give you this offer I asked for like a very good offer out of a very, at the nicer hotel where we were gonna stay at and he said I can't do that and I said if you do that I'll stick with you and I'll tell the other guys to screw off because they've been trying to scalp me and it's not cool. I agree with you. And they gave me the better deal. And then I called the other scalpers and I told them to stop and they were like, we'll give you a better deal. And I said, sir, I appreciate that, but I gave them my word. I I can't move forward with you. Wow. So money uh, is something you have to be cognizant of. But if people know that that your word holds no merit, they're not going to want to do business with you in the future. And your reputation carries
0: yeah so you put a big value on your reputation and how like you yourself are viewed
1: that's not even my reputation i don't really care what other people think of me it's more about uh what i think of myself yeah you know i would want to be some sleazy scumbag who's dicking people over and
0: yeah
1: for a nickel you know
0: yeah, fair enough. Because people, like, you don't trust those people. And even if, like, you have, even if you can get better deals, like, if no one, if you don't, if you're not trusted, then what's the point, you know? Yeah. Fair enough. All right. All right. So. I want to ask you about courage because I know like especially me, like when I think about becoming an entrepreneur, like as a student, like I've always just thought, oh, my God, that's like so much work. I don't have the courage to try to do that and like try to put my heart and soul into it. Like, I just don't think I can. And so I want to ask, like, in what ways has your courage been tested, like as a student entrepreneur and also like as a student and then also not as a student, just in general?
1: Uh, One thing that's definitely uh, I'm not gonna say I'm jealous but something that tests my faith is I see Some of my friends getting nice offers for jobs and then they're set and like they're just they they're not worrying about what What's gonna happen after they graduate?
0: Yeah,
1: and uh, being an entrepreneur on one hand. I have Something to do when I graduate, but if it's not at the point where I'm financially stable and I can do that myself And that could be very little money. Like I, you know, it's not like you need like 80 K a year to go off and do something on your own. You could be an entrepreneur and bootstrap and live off like 20 K, 20 K or less. Like you you can make it, you can make uh, instant ramen every night and do what you have to do to get by. But, uh, the concern is that more so that it will not be to the point where it will fulfill, it will fill, uh, to do like it's kind of it's not linear in terms of development like it takes for example we're waiting on our products to be developed and like there's a lot of engineering and fine-tuning that goes into that and there's not a lot I can do right now while we wait on that Mm -hmm. I'd like it to move a little faster but it is what it is
2: yeah
1: so courage courage is more I I feel it's more uh, sticking to your guns and uh, continuing to do what you believe in you know you could I could probably get a decent job and work my way up the corporate ladder, which is fine. You know, many people do that and they're happy with it. But mm-hmm. I would hate having to listen to some schmuck as my boss tell me what to do. And like, really? I just, I find out oh, they're, they're just a jackass and I could do whatever they're doing better. Like, I, I, it's not like I'm an obstinate guy. I don't mind following rules and I don't mind leading when it's not, when it's opportune. But I will always do what I believe is in the best interest of myself and my peers. Yeah. Which is why I'm much more comfortable being my own boss.
0: Yeah. Why do you think that's in, like, the best interest of you and your peers? Is it because, like, specifically the peers part is what I'm, like, interested in in that statement? Like, is it because, you, because like, you'll be your best self so then it's better for the people around you? Or what would you say? Like, why is it better for your peers as well?
1: Well, I'm more talking about, like, if, for example, like, if you've ever seen The Office. Yeah. I'm just, everyone's seen The Office. Yeah. Michael Scott's not the best boss in the world. And the the guys get their jobs done when they're, when he's preoccupied. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't want to be in a setting like that where I have to tiptoe around my boss to get good work done. So, uh, I just, I, being an an entrepreneur and being my own boss, I I feel more comfortable, uh, in the situation where me and the fellow people I work with will, at least when it starts off, because it's a very small group and uh, everyone's on the same page, you can get a lot more done more efficiently.
0: Yeah, I think that's fair. I think you may have already answered this, but was there a time with either business or just in your life in general, because we can get crazy, um, was there a time in general where your honesty was truly challenged? And you had to like stick to your honesty other than the scalping example.
1: (laughs) That's my thinking face. I'm thinking, (laughs) uh,
0: and it can just be in general. It doesn't have to be. What did you say? It doesn't have to be related to either business if you don't want it to be.
1: No. Yeah. I, I understand. I understand. Um,
0: it's a tough Look,
1: question a, yeah it's a loaded question i'm just a pretty straightforward guy you know i don't i'm a man of my word i don't i try to be at least i, I would i would never purposely screw anyone over and i mean talks cheap you know actually speaks louder than words there's no way i could prove that to you over this conversation <laughs> but just thinking retrospectively i can't particularly think of a time where i was ever like putting a bind and i had to lie
0: can you think I, of a time
1: I, I, where you were maybe too honest? I I can tell you uh, a time where I told a white lie to save some skin. I was smoking pot with my friends. I used to be a big pothead, but now I'm straight edge.
2: Uh-huh.
1: And, uh huh. And we we got caught by the cops, and they asked who's who's who's. Bong is this? They said, "Who's like device is this?" Yeah. And me and my—it was me, both me and my friends—we shared it. But uh I said it was mine because I didn't—I didn't want my friend to get in trouble.
2: Oh, that's sweet.
1: <laughs> I mean, I stopped smoking after that. That was when my life <laughs> shot up. But and I didn't get in trouble. Everything worked out perfectly. I didn't get in trouble. The cop was very nice. He didn't write us up or anything. Oh wow! So that's like inverse honesty because it, it, it was both of ours but I, I just I took the brunt of it because he he wasn't implicated there was no reason for him to become implicated
0: yeah would could you ever see yourself doing something like that in a business situation like saving someone else's hide over yours or no
1: I mean that's such a loaded question do they deserve it like what's the context I'm, <laughs> not, I'm not gonna take somebody else's blame because they fucked up like
0: right okay so if it anything that's most that's your fault, you're gonna own up to.
1: I will never not own up. If I'm at uh, you can only keep your side of the street clean. Like if your neighbor's lawn is gross and they don't mow, they don't mow it, they don't prune their weeds, they don't, uh, they have a dead tree in front. Yeah. You know you can bitch and moan all you want, but all you can do is take care of your side of the street. So I always try and make sure uh, everything on my end is clean.
0: I think that's such a good thing to think about too, especially in business because people are always so worried about what other people are doing. And it's like, really, if you just worry about yourself, you can probably like keep it going pretty well.
1: Yeah. I mean, you also want to make you also want to be cognizant of what other people are doing and you don't get, there's a difference between getting taken advantage of and letting yourself take, get taken advantage of. Yeah. Which is, I, it's a very minute difference, but. For example, uh, if your friend needs a ride and you know they need the ride and, like, they take advantage of you, but you help them out because fr- they're your friend, it's different than getting manipulated.
0: Yeah. Very different. Oh my yeah. gosh, speaking of – I had a friend that used to take advantage of me and she would. she was not even my friend. And she started – she was, like, using all of us for – literally for rides because – She, like, couldn't drive, and she hated all of us and would talk crap about all of us behind our backs and then ask us to drive her places. She was honestly the worst,
1: but... Yeah, she doesn't sound too uh, friendly.
0: No, she's not. (laughs) Okay, Um, to jump off that. Um, Okay, so to jump off of that soapbox, um, I want to ask you something a little more uplifting. Um, I want to ask what role Hope, plays in your life, either just as you, as Ethan Haber, or um, as an entrepreneur?
1: I wouldn't say hope is a particularly big part of my life. It's, okay. it's something similar, but I don't think that's the right way to quantify it. It's okay. more faith. I, they're very similar, but like, yeah. I don't hope things are gonna turn out good. Like, I believe they're gonna turn out good. I know in my gut that like things are good. Right. Like uh, whenever things are going down, I think to myself, like, look, if I'm down now, that just means I'm going to be happy later. And then I, I always try and I'm not, I'm not happy all the time. No one is, but I always try and have a positive outlook on things. I, in my senior year of high school, I started saying it's the year of the Haber because I decided it was going to be my year. That was going to be my time to shine. And then the year ended but it was still my year like it's it's my year right now it's the year of the haber
0: 2020 yeah oh my god maybe and then year of the haber 2021 because we're what like a month away from the new year a month and a half
1: yeah exactly it's coming up
0: that is so fun. that is such a cute way to look at it and i know like i get what you say when like if you're in something bad like something good is coming i had this pastor which speaking of faith but i had this pastor and he always used to say, You're either in the eye of a hurricane, where like you're in pure calm, but the hurricane is ba- about to hit you, or you're just dealing with the wreckage of the hurricane. So, like, you're in one of the three spaces, like you're in it, or you're dealing with the wreckage, or you're in the eye. And he would always say that. And he was like, So, even if you're in the wreckage, or you're in the hurricane, the eye is coming and it will hit you and you will have calm. And we were like, Okay. And so, I think that is a good way to look at it. And I mean, I guess. Like almost anyone, I guess, that could tell you a horrible story will almost always like end it with like, yeah, but then this happened and it was all okay.
1: Yeah. yeah. For sure. You can't, have, you can't have a rainbow without rain.
0: Yeah. And so your faith is more like, instead of like hope, it's more like, no, I know that no matter what, like at some point it will turn out okay.
1: Yeah. I could get, I could fail a test and you say, you know what? I did my best and I'll just keep moving on. Like it's. I'm always, I always try, I'm a very glass half full type of guy.
0: Yeah, that's a good way to be. That is the best way to be.
1: But. I mean, you, you can only control what's within, like, the confites of your domain, you know? Like, I never try and get down on things that are out of my control.
0: Yeah, because what point like, my teacher
1: fails me, but I did my best. I, I still know I did my best. Yeah. I'm content with that.
0: That's what my dad always used to tell me, like, with school but with life and everything. He would say, as long as you do your best, like, let the rest fall where it falls because that's out of your yeah. control.
1: Yeah. it sounds like a sharp man. He raised two awesome daughters.
0: Yeah. He's a good guy. Um, all right. Okay. So speaking of parents, sort of, which I don't know if this will take us to parents or not, but we'll see. Um, I want to ask you – how do you stay humble or is it hard for you to be humble? Which to me, you seem like a humble guy. So I want to ask you how you stay humble. And then I also want to ask you how you learned humility.
1: I definitely was a cocky guy growing up and I'm definitely still cocky now. Like <laughs> I, I totally know what I'm good at. And I flex it. Like it's nobody's business.
0: Yeah. But you don't seem like a jerk. Like you don't seem like an I'm, asshole.
1: I'm, Not in any, no, like, I mean, it's like stupid stuff. Like, oh, like if I'm playing video games with my friends and I'm the best one there because I've sunk countless hours into it as a kid, like,
2: yeah,
1: I know it. And I make, I make everyone aware of it. And like, Mm -hmm. that's something I had to become kind of aware of and back down on. And I, I, using that as an example, uh, my parents had to teach me humility. It was definitely a big thing how did they uh, how they do that uh i used to like every time i finished like an art project it would be like is this amazing 10 out of 10 right and my parents would always be honest they'd be like if it was they'd say it's good and if it wasn't they say it's bad and my dad would never give me a 10 out of 10. <laughs> i'd be like why? he'd be like no this is no this is like a 9.8 i go well, why isn't it a 10. he goes oh if it's God. a 10 that means you can't improve
0: oh that's true yeah So he wanted you to know that you can always keep getting better.
1: Yeah. And another lesson uh, my parents taught me that has stuck with me my whole life is that there's only one Michael Jordan. There's nothing wrong with being Scottie Pippen.
0: (laughs) Oh, (laughs) I guess that, yeah, that's true. Because, yeah, they're both
1: fantastic basketball players.
0: Yeah. Wow. That's a good, yeah, that's a good lesson. Because I grew up where, like, you know, my parents would always say, because there's like that saying where it's like whatever you're great at, there's always someone that can do it better yeah and like while that's kind of something to keep you humble, it's also like kind of an ego kicker um but I like I like that better that where it's like you know you don't have to be that person you can be the other one and they're both great.
1: wants to be number one that's not fun
0: yeah number because then loss. the minute you're taken down mm.
1: <laughs> yeah loss, loss is what gives uh winning meaning.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's sweet. (laughs) Very opposite from the, what is it? The theme of like Talladega Nights, where it's like, if you're not first, you're last. Yeah, if
1: not first, you're last.
0: Yeah.
1: (laughs) I love Talladega Nights.
0: It's such a quality movie, honestly. Like,
1: And his dad even says, I was high when I said that. You shouldn't have listened to me.
0: Yeah, because what kind of a saying is that? If you're not first, you're last, like you might as well not try at anything because there always is someone that's better. I mean, unless you're like, I don't know. Rihanna or something, but
1: I mean, she's a goddess though.
0: She's so great. Honestly, I'm so upset. She hasn't put out a new album. Like I need one. It's 2020, going to be 2021. We need an album for Rihanna.
1: Fingers crossed.
0: I know. Uh, okay. So this question will be probably pretty short. Um, but maybe not since I know you've been kind of an entrepreneur for a really long time. I know you've been sewing for, Oh my God. Is it, it's over 10 years is
1: it it's almost 10 years almost i turned 20, i turned 22 january 7th so then i hit the 10,000 hours or 10 years whichever comes first and i'm officially a master
0: oh my god is that what it's a master at something 10,000 hours
1: that's uh, that's the theory
0: wow do you count the hours or do you do you just assume
1: i no i've not counted it. there's no way it's 10,000 it's it, i'd be surprised if it was half
0: really Intentous. Yeah, I mean,
1: I've been sewing for a while, but it's you go through bouts like there is When I was 14, I went to sleep camp and there were a bunch of different activities, right? Mm-hmm. And I cut every single one. I went to fabric design. I made 14 stuffed animals that summer and oh my God. Uh, the, the director of the camp would let me cut all the classes and just go straight to fabric design I spent every day there the whole day and wow. she was giving tours. I'd be there and she'd be like this is Ethan he skips all of his activities, but we let him because he's really good at fabric design. He's going to make awesome stuffed animals one day, stuff like that.
0: (laughs) Oh, well, within your 10 years of sewing, making stuffed animals, and then within the past few years with happy habitats, um, how would you say resilience has played a role in any of that,
1: do you think? You kind of came out for a second. How would I say what?
0: I'll come back. Um, How would you say resilience has played a role?
1: Oh, resilience is super Mm -hmm. important. Uh, A friend of mine who uh, we give each other advice, he's also on an entrepreneurial path. He started, he's always been like good at music, but like he wants to be a producer. And he started making all his own music. Um, When did he start? He started... So our sophomore year of college, I remember we were, we were drinking and he told me like he wanted to take a gap semester to learn music. And like I gave him plenty. Of, I gave him a bunch of advice. And this is a pretty tangential thing, but he applied to his school's um, like music label, his school had music labels to see if they'd sign him for a year to help him with his music. Mm-hmm. And they turned him down. And when I went to visit him, I saw he had a whiteboard on his door that said, Uh, you got shut down, big whoop, get your ass back to work. So it doesn't matter what you're doing. Resilience is important. There's going to be plenty of times in your life where people say no. Another perfect example is my roommate. Uh, I wanted him to come home with me for Thanksgiving because he was going to stay at school, Mm -hmm. not this year, but last year.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: And, uh, I asked him if he would come with me and he said no. And then I just kept asking him like every three days, I'd be like, yo, are you going to come with me? And he, he kept saying, and then one day he was like, why do you keep asking me? And I said, I don't know. I figure if I keep asking, eventually he'll say yes. And then I, he said, yo, like, I want to go with you. Like, I got nothing else to do. And he came with me. Aww. And then, like, I
2: wasn't,
1: I wasn't overly annoying about it. But it's like, it's like, have you ever heard, like, no one likes opera the first time they hear it? You have to listen. That's why the songs are so long.
0: Yeah.
1: You have to, like, you have to listen. The more you hear something, the more, the less adverse you are to it. Yeah. Resilience. Uh, is in line with persistence and it's something that's very important if you want to succeed regardless of what you do.
0: Yeah, I think that's a good point. And those are two really good examples. It's funny that you mentioned trying to get your roommate to come home to Thanksgiving with you because I tried to do that last year as well. And she kept saying no and then she transferred. So, (laughs) so that one did not work in my favor, but
1: are you guys still friends?
0: Have not spoken to her. She I'm friends with her, but I just haven't spoken to her. We were just very different. Um, she came from like a very different background than I did, and we didn't have a lot in common. And she she would lived in California, which is why I tried to take her home over Thanksgiving because she was going to be in North Carolina by herself. And I was like, come with me, like it'll be great. But my yeah. hometown was not somewhere she wanted to be because I'm from a small town and she was from like Orange County, California. So
1: I'm sure she's some bougie spoiled girl.
0: She's sweet. She's, I mean, she, she is, she had, she has a lot of money, but she's very nice about it. Um, but yeah, so she never, she never came with me. I'm sure.
1: I'm sure she missed out on a wonderful Thanksgiving. (laughs) I would have gone with you.
0: Thank you. And maybe so. Maybe the next time, that's a lesson for me. The next time I want something to happen, I should be more resilient, and I should give it more tries. Maybe she well, won't come with me.
1: I like to think there's a difference between quitting and a tactical retreat. You know, like giving mm-hmm. up before you've expended all your options is different than just calling it quits. Yeah. And both and both are fine, but I often opt for a tactical retreat. I will usually expend every avenue if i want something like i'll go through every channel
0: and then if none of them work then you're like okay not meant to be
1: yeah i remember there was this limited edition widget i wanted in high school
0: Mm
2: -hmm. and
1: uh i i i couldn't go wake up to get it like before school because i had school so i asked my dad to get it and he went and he tried to get it but they were out so I searched like everywhere on the web all online and it was so expensive. I was like, I'm not paying for this. And I found someone who was willing to buy it and send it to me if I made them a stuffed animal. So I did that and I got it a week later.
0: Oh, look at you. You are really just out here making it happen. <laughs> oh my gosh. All right. One of my last questions. So I want to ask you looking back on your path as an entrepreneur with both of your businesses is there anything you wish you would have done differently? Nope. Nothing?
1: <laughs> Final answer.
0: Yeah, no. <laughs> no regrets. It's a
1: waste of energy. <laughs> no, regret. no regrets. No
0: regrets. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, and is that something like that you think about in your life too? You're like, I don't want to have regrets because it's a it's pointless.
1: I mean, there's nothing wrong with regretting what's in the past, but mm-hmm. uh the mistakes you make are who you, are, part of who you are today, and yeah. everything that everything that has happened to you is an accumulation of where you've become. I sure, sure, I got regrets. I've got a bunch of them, but I mean, I wouldn't say a bunch. I, there's there's one or two things I think of in the past, and I'm like, damn, I should have done that. Yeah. But I, I wouldn't go back and change it.
0: Fair enough. I'd be someone
1: else if I did.
0: Yeah, and I guess your businesses would be other things too. If you, if you change stuff there as well, I guess.
1: Yep, certainly possible.
0: Yeah. Well, last question. And then I want to ask you a little bit more about um, a specific thing you mentioned earlier. But this is the last question. Um, what advice do you have for college students who want to be entrepreneurs?
1: Shoot your shot. <laughs> I feel like... Uh, I know that sounds like silly silly advice. You miss 100% of the shots. You don't take dash Michael Scott, dash Wayne Gretzky. Yeah. But, I mean, it's true. You know, uh, I'm not a Gary V fan. I don't know if you know who he is. Gary Chuck. Yeah, he's, he's, he's a little winner. intense. Yeah, I don't like him. He's too intense. I think he's a snake oil salesman, low-key. But he's also
2: <laughs> Hot he's definitely a
1: good guy, and I think he's honest, which kind of contradicts the snake oil salesman part. Yeah i just don't i don't vibe with his energy but i do really like he always says uh ideas are shit execution is everything you know you you can have you can have a million different ideas for fantastic wonderful things that will change the world for the better but if you don't act on them nothing's gonna happen
0: yeah that's true and that's funny because i recently had to take a like entrepreneur like mindset profile test or whatever it it's silly, but it lets you know what qualities you have in common with entrepreneurs and then which ones you don't. And my biggest one that I do not have in common is execution. Like I just don't execute things. I just don't do them. And so I think it's and and like when people ask me, cause I've always wanted to start something and I tried a million times at wake. Um, but I just like could never like actually get going. And I've had so I mean, many professors tried, That's
1: more than other people can say.
0: Well, yeah. But I've had so many professors be like, Hey, like, why don't you do this? And I'm like, I just, I'm not, I don't, I'm not starting. Like, I I don't know how to execute it. And so then I think, you know, it is the one thing that if you don't do it, like, there you go, you're out. Like, it's not, it's never going to happen.
1: I mean, that being said, time is a commodity too. And you Mm -hmm. have to be able to budget that like time is money.
0: Yeah.
1: Your time is worth however much you think it is. If you work a minimum wage job, that's how much your time is worth. But yeah. If you, I don't know, if you tie-dye shirts and sell them for $80 and it takes you 15 minutes to make a shirt, all of a sudden you're worth $320 an hour. You know, it's subject. Yeah. But regardless, time is worth something no matter what you do. And you should be cognizant of that. Yeah. Not you specifically, just people in No,
0: No, that's a good point. I was speaking with one of my professors. I was telling him about a few jobs I was having a few summers ago. And they were all, he was like, how much are you making? I was like, well, they're minimum wage. And he lost his mind at me. He was like, are you kidding me? Like, you're a wake student. You're smart. Like, you you know how to do things. Why are you working minimum wage? Like, you're worth more than that. What the hell are you thinking? And I was like, I don't know. It's all I could get. And he kind of wore my ass out over it. Like, he was really upset. He was like, nobody at this school or almost any college should be working for something minimum wage. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. <laughs> But like, it's a good point. Like my, you know, I'm spending even now, like over, I'm about, we're about to be on break. And I'm about to spend like, about 20 to 30 hours a week working minimum wage at a job. Um, And like, that's what my time over the next two months is going to be worth. I mean, it's not going to be worth anything else. Whereas if I could probably get off my booty and get some other stuff going, I could definitely make my time worth a lot more. Like, here I here mean, I there's nothing <laughs> wrong
1: with that too. You, people gotta I eat. Know. Sometimes, it's if it's, it's just like it's a job you enjoy, or if it's easy, if you enjoy the job, it shouldn't it shouldn't matter That's how true. much it costs, like how much you make. That's true. You know, if you gotta a family or provide for other people. Then you should suck it up and work to make money. Yeah. But given the opportunity, there's no reason to not pursue something you enjoy. Yeah. You know money should be secondary. Do what you love and the money will follow.
0: So my dad always said.
1: Yeah, I mean, look, there are plenty of gross jobs, but somebody likes everything. If you're into dumpsters, you could invent some new innovative thing for the dumpster. That'll and you can make a bunch of money. It doesn't matter what you like.
0: Yeah. That's true. I was funny dumpster. I was literally just listening the other day to like how the like dump trucks now or not dump trucks, garbage trucks. They now have, like, this crazy mechanical, like, out in L.A., they have, like, this arm that, like, gets out and can specifically pick up and sort things and put it back. And so now there's they are only people that drive the trucks. So they don't actually get out and dump the garbage anymore because there's that new, like, arm thing on the back of the truck. And whoever invented that is sitting They're pretty. probably
1: making a shit ton.
0: Yeah. Because yeah, they like garbage. Sure.
1: <laughs> yeah, that he like garbage. Or he yeah. or she like garbage.
0: All right. I want to ask you about something. That's just me asking you a question, but I want to ask you more about that Rick and Morty thing with the um with your stuffed animals.
1: Yeah, sure. Fire away.
0: So, like, how did how did they? You said did they just like see you, or like how no, did you?
1: It's 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 not Rick and Morty. It's Squanch Games. I've, yeah, they're different things. I just say Rick and Morty because. You know, not, no one knows what Squatch Games is. Well, okay. not no one. There are plenty of people.
2: Yeah.
1: But uh, it's not a, it's not as common knowledge as Rick and Morty. Rick and Morty's become a very much, I don't want to say a household name, but among our demographic, it's, yeah. it's, widely, it's widely known. So the co-creator, the guy who writes it, started a VR game studio. And I saw that he started it my senior year of high school, and I applied, and they turned me down. And then uh, I applied again freshman year, and they turned me down and I sent. I was like you know what I, I like these guys I want their attention I could work my way there from the ground up
2: mm-hmm.
1: I sent them a FedEx day shift with my resume a letter and a stuffed animal and they sent me back um, some like swagger they sent me like two shirts and a poster and like we love your stuffed animal like you, we really appreciate your like the work you like how, how you enjoy our company and since they sent me something back, then I had their office address. Oh, by the way, I spent five hours online finding the address of their office so I could mail it directly to them instead of their fan mail. And I found their address through their realtor. Like the lawyers who sold them their office
2: yeah.
1: had it listed on their, off- on their website. So I found it that way. And then I sent them that letter. And then I had the return address So I sent them another stuffed animal I made, uh, a character from one of their video games, Mm -hmm. and then I popped by their office on my way back to Wake Forest because they had an office in Raleigh. And uh, I made them like huge stuffed animals. Was like, look, I'd love to work with you guys. I think you're amazing, and uh, I like what you do. And they, I signed a W nine with them. So I, I was a hired contractor. Wow. I didn't make my way. I didn't make my way into their inner legions. I was more like a parasite sucking on the bottom of a whale yeah <laughs> but uh, I I've, I've met many of them I haven't met Justin Roiland yet it, it was on my bucket list for a while mm-hmm. I almost met him once but he was too busy to see me but I was supposed to meet him and he doesn't know who I am but he knows the stuffed animals I make like if there if someone's like you know that stuffed animal guy he'd be like oh his stuffed animals are awesome
0: dang that that is just that just blows my mind that is that's just the coolest thing ever because I remember when I first met you at Wake. Cause we both you cause we did Spark, right? Yeah. Yeah. And when I first met you, I like my sister was like, dude, like he he makes stuffed animals. I was like, no, And I went and I was like, Hi, like, I'm Casey. You're like, hey, I'm Ethan. And I was like, Do you make stuffed animals? And you're like, Yeah, I do, and I have one. And you, I think you showed one to me. I don't remember which one it was. But you showed me one and I was like, oh my God, this dude is out here making stuffed animals. This is the coolest guy I've ever met. I just remember being because that's not something that like you see every day, like a college guy that makes stuffed animals. And I just thought it was the coolest shit in the entire world. All right, so coming to the end of the podcast, I just want to ask you if there's anything that like you ooh, didn't get a chance to say, or that you want to say. Ideally, our listeners are basically students or anyone interested in entrepreneurship. So like, if you have anything that you that I didn't ask you that you want to pop out, or if you have any like final words, or just like anything really, you want to tell us a story. I don't know, or just want to say like. Ghost Rose, if you're from Texas, I don't know. People always say that from Texas, but you're from New York, so that's not
1: right. Yeah, <laughs> no, I have no, I have no idea what you just said. But, I don't either, uh,
0: I'm not from Texas either, I don't know.
1: Yeah, that's, yeah. Uh, I think, I guess I'd just like to leave with uh, the idea, The I'd like to posit to whoever hears this, mm-hmm. that uh, we are fortunate to be born in the modern age and we are people and i think humans are capable of anything they put their minds to so if you're wavering about something that you want to do shoot your shot go for it you're just as capable as the person to the right left up or down like anyone can do anything
0: that is so sweet (laughs) and i think i think that's true i agree with you i think anybody can do anything if they really put their their mind to it our professor always says if you can what is it? If you can see it in your mind, you can hold it in your hand, or something like that.
1: Oh, I like that.
0: Yeah, she's a cool gal. Um, I'm sure. But that's so that's sweet. That's a really nice note to end on, actually. All right. Well, thank you, Ethan, entrepreneur of many things and toy maker and all.